Greetings again in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Pastor May J. Gibbs Senior, coming to you in our worship hour at 9.30 this morning uh, on, uh, on the Wall Ministries here in Alta Vista, Virginia. We thank God for joining us uh, this morning. My wife has uh, stayed with her mother last night and did not come in, so uh, she's not here to sing for us this morning, but uh, we've got a recorded song here. Hopefully we can get it into uh, our word this morning. We don't own the rights to this music, but we're going to play it anyway. Come on. It's time to work. Come on. Sign me up. Let's go to work now.
after a while, after a while, it's time to go to work. It's time for us to be about our Father's business. We thank God for that wonderful selection this morning. It's time to work. We need to be about our Father's business. Is there a word from the Lord? Our scripture reading this morning comes out of the Old Testament book, 2 Chronicles 5th chapter, verses 11 through 14. 2 Chronicles 5th chapter, verses 11 through 14. Our scripture read this morning, And it came to pass when the priests who were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified, and did not uh, then wait by course. And the Levites, which were of the singles, and one of them was Asaph, Eman, and, and Jedekah, and then their sons and their brethren were being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and hops, stood at the east side of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. And it came even to pass, as the trumpeteers and singers were as one, uh, to make a sound to the herd of the praising and the thanking of the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice and the trumpets and the cymbals and instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. And then that the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. May the Lord bless the hearing and reading of his holy and his righteous word. Amen. So I, I spoke on Thursday night at a men's fellowship and I focused on the division that we have in the church and our efforts to identify ourselves from other Christians rather than standing on the common belief that we all believe in Jesus Christ. You know, there's a diagram that is called the Wesleyan Quadrilateral. And this quadrilateral of authority identifies different groups and how the sources of that authority, they believe in Christendom. Evangelicals, they claim that the scripture is the final authority. Roman Catholic says that the church and the traditions of the church are higher authority than the scriptures. Liberal, some of us claim that the reason is our highest authority. Those liberals are, are, are thinkers. And, and something in scripture doesn't seem to make sense, such as those miracles that say, and it can be rejected. But charismatics, they claim that the present experiences of the Holy Spirit and more important, uh, that, that that's the word of God. Even though most of us Baptists, we believe and lean toward the evangelical point of view that the Bible is the divine authority, we can't totally dismiss uh, the importance of a spiritual experience that charismatics believe in. So no one can deny that the word of God is the final authority of the church, but our experiences, our spiritual experiences also play a vital part in the foundation of our faith. Our Christian faith is founded on the Trinity, recognizing that the nature of God in those three persons of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, we kind of lose sense of the reality of God and the Spirit sometimes. God has revealed himself through us, through our spiritual experiences since the beginning of time. The Spirit of God moving over the face of the deep, Adam and Eve hearing the voice of God walking in the garden on the cool of the day, the Spirit of God speaking to Noah, Abram, and 
Jacob's ladder speaking to him, Moses talking to a burning bush. Whenever God confronted a man, it was always through a, a, a spiritual experience. And the cloud by day, the pillars of cloud dark by night gave the children of Israel an experience that revealed to them the glory of God. Even in the New Testament, after the Christ ascended up into heaven, it was by that spiritual experience that God revealed himself in that upper room. So it was with Israel and the early church, so it is today with us. God still comes through us through spiritual experiences to uh, reinforce his word and to let them know that his word is true. So today as we talk and look at our text, I want to talk to you on the subject, when God's glory fill the house. When God's glory fill the house. Let us bow. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to come. And, and as we come, Lord, we ask that you would just touch of your servant. Lower me down in the deep well of thy salvation. Touch my lips that I might boldly set those things that you have laid upon my heart that I now might speak boldly to those people that you have given unto us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. This is our prayer in Christ Jesus' name we do pray. Let every heart say, Amen. Amen. When his glory fills the house. You know, if you have ever experienced a total emptying out of yourself and the fulfilling of the Holy Spirit is nothing as filling and as rewarding as anything that you have ever experienced in your life. You don't have to be Pentecostal. You don't have to be charismatic to experience this. It doesn't happen in church all the time. It doesn't necessarily happen. Have you ever been in a grief-stricken uh, situation that you've been going through that once you turned it over to Jesus, you experienced this emptying that, 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 that of the cows of the world that you have never experienced before? and it replaced it with the joy that God has given you, that joy that you really can't explain. Have you ever had that type of emptying? Paul told the church at Philippi, and the peace of God who passes all understanding shall keep your minds through Christ Jesus. And all of that grief and all of that sorrow that poured out of your soul was replaced with peace and joy and happiness. Oh, that's a feeling that there's nothing like it. I, I dare you to say that this flushing that is caused by the glory of God filling into his house, and then came in. It's something that, that, that you will never experience before. The question is what caused the flushing? What caused that flushing and that feeling that you've experienced? And like Paul told the church, be careful for nothing, but in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. See, you can't get to this place of peace and joy unless you praise God no matter what situation you're in. Paul told the church, take your time, take your time right now. But don't be anxious, but in everything, you need to be able to give God praise in everything that you're going through. Praise God and thank him for where you are, where you're at, and where you're in your struggle. Let him know that what you need and tell him what you need and, and tell him that you can make it, uh, that you can't make it all by yourself. You need him in your life. Ask him to come into your heart and to be able to remove those hindrances that is blocking his access to your life. And most of the time that we can't let go and let God, we can't let go and let God come in and do those things that he needs to do in our life. It's self. 
always getting in the way of God doing his greater work in our life. When God want to do something, self always steps up and want to get in the way. But I like what old Paul told the Hebrew Christians. We need to learn to lay aside every weight and every sin that he's beset us. Everything that we are going through that is hindering God's work from doing, made manifest in our life, we need to lay that stuff aside. God is, is hindering God from doing the great work in our life that he wants to do. It hinders him from flushing out and, and emptying those cares of the world that we have on, on our shoulders. And when the glory of God fills the house, you'll lose probably 15, 20 pounds. Something got to go. You might know at first where the weight came from, but you'll know that something is gone. That weight that you were carrying is off you right now. You'll begin to walk lighter. Listen to me this morning. You'll have a bounce in your step. You'll have a pep in your feeling. And then you'll have this renewed hope that everything is going to be all right tomorrow. You'll wonder, what happened? How did I get here? I don't feel my pain anymore. I don't feel this grief anymore. I don't feel that burden anymore. I feel a difference of something happening on the inside of me. And then you'll begin to talk different. Huh? You'll begin to walk different. And on that Pentecost morning when they were in that upper room, it said that suddenly, this is, and there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind and, and it filled the house where they were sitting. See, when the glory of God suddenly fills your house, folks start acting different. Listen to what they said. Folks started acting. See, they appeared under them cloven tongues of fire and sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. See, again, when God fills the house, things going to start acting different. Folks started speaking different. Folks started understanding different. And they spoke with things that they had never previously known about. They understood things they had never understood before. The Spirit revealed to them those hidden mysteries of God that had preserved from day to day. When the glory of God fills the house, you should expect to be able to speak to see and hear and understand with a new revelation. And when he comes into your heart, not only does he open up your eyes, he opens up your heart and your mind and your soul to be able to understand greater things. Don't expect things to be the same when God's glory come and fill the house. So as we come to our text this morning, when we find an Old Testament story about Solomon as he finishing up the rebuilding of the house of God and bringing all of the things that David had dedicated uh, to be used for the ordinances in the temple. Solomon assembled all of the elders together along with the Levites and the priests and he brought them up into the ark and the tabernacle of the congregation and all of the holy vessels were, were, were in the tabernacle. Solomon and the congregation, they stood before the ark they sanctified uh, the sheep and the oxen, which could uh, not be told or outnumbered by the multitude. The priest then took the ark and placed it in the holy of holies in the place under the wings of the sheriff. And the only things that remained in the ark, uh, there was a copy of the tablets of the Ten Commandments and, 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 and the, the stick that Aaron's rod that blossomed. And, and they were there. And the thing is, the ark is that type of Christ. It represents the presence of God into the camp there. But God with us, Christ Emmanuel means what? God with us. So the ark 
represented in the presence of God in the tabernacle, in the house, and they could live with. So when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord, we are never out of the presence of God. God's presence is always there, and his spirit will come in and what? Fill the house. In our text this morning, first of all, there are conditions that we must uh, uh, must be met in order for God's spirit to come in and fill our house. Our text says that it came to pass when the priests uh, were come out of the holy place and the priests were there present, were sanctified, and did uh, not then wait by course. And all of the Levites, which were singles, and all of the Asaph and Haman and, and Jedithah, and there were sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and, and psalteries and hops, they stood on the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. The first condition for the glory of God to fill the house is that we must be cleansed or sanctified. Sanctification means what? Set apart, prepared, or hallowed, or dedicated, or consecrated, or purified. For today's lesson, we want to focus on that, that purification. To be purified, one must experience a cleansing or flushing of self in order for it to be filled, uh, the filling process in order for it to take place. See, nothing can come in until something has gone out. We've got to empty out some stuff in our lives for the Holy Spirit to come in and find residence in us. Not only were the priests sanctified, he said, but also what? The Levites were the Holy Ghost choir. See, just maybe we need to stay here for a while. It's amazing why everybody want to talk about the preaching, how he needs to be set apart, he needs to be cleansed, he needs to be sanctified, but what about the choir? What about the choir? We expect God's glory to fill the house by the pastor being clean, but what about the choir, the deacons, the trustees, the ushers, the teachers and the officers and what about you? Huh? God expect God to come in and fill your house. You need to be sanctified and clean too. You need to get your life together individually and collectively. As a body of believers, we need to flush some stuff out to bring Christ back into the church to drain all of that stuff off that doesn't belong. Paul told the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 6, 15 and 20, he said, Know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ, and that shall I then be take members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? He said, God forbid. He said, What then shall know ye not that which is joined together with a harlot is one body? For two, he said, there shall be one flesh. So here he's telling us, coming to church, can't sanctify us. Come getting baptized can't sanctify us. Taking communion cannot sanctify you. You must have something before you do any of these uh, uh, sacraments to be sanctified. You must receive what? Jesus Christ into your heart. The Holy Spirit must come into your heart. And by the power of that spirit, it will flush out some of that stuff that hinders God's glory from coming up and taking in residence in this house. David said in another way. He said, create in me a clean heart and renew the right spirit in me. See, David needed it. We do need it too. David was a man after God's own heart. And if he needed to be created a new heart in him and a new spirit, we need that spirit. So we need to invite Christ to come in and come into our hearts and to clean us so that the glory can come in and fill this old house of ours. Then second condition. Second condition that is required for God's glory to come and fill the house is unity. You know, 
Our text says that it came even to pass that the trumpeters and singers were as what? As one. Uh, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, his mercy endures forever. And that is the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. See, many of us wonder why, why, why we seldom experience this feeling uh, of the glory of God when the answer is right in front of us. Uh, the church is one of the most divided institutions that we can have. How can God's glory come fill the house if we are so divided? I'm not talking about denominations or churches at large. I'm talking about all of us. All of us. Christian dome is all divided. We're divided. We're divided between us and them, and we can't tell you who us and them are, but we know that we're divided. Jesus said, if any kingdom that is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that it cannot stand. See, do we expect God's glory to come fill the house when we have all of this division and stuff going on in the church? See, don't mess with this and don't mess with that like we own anything. It's not our church. It's not our ministry. It doesn't belong to us anyway. It's belong to God. I like what old Rodney King said. Why is it that as believers, why can't we just get along? Why can't we get along to be able to do the work that God has called us to do? Let's get together so that we can experience something that the church hasn't experienced in a long time, maybe even never. Let's be as one. Let's the body of believers be as one. The pastor, deacons, trustees, ushers, teachers, and everybody, young, old, members, we need to be thanking and praising God that his mercy endures forever. He has not given up on us. When the congregation made one sound, the same sound praising God and thanking him, our text said that the house, that the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. I hate to tell you, church, but all that we do in vain is, is useless until we come together in unity as one body in Christ. All of our efforts are useless and all is for naught if we don't get this thing and come together as that body of believers in Christ. I, I thought about an, a little analogy one day and and the church is a train, Jesus is the track, Holy Spirit is the engine, and the pastor hopefully is the engineer with the deacons and the trustees, conductors and members, all passengers riding along in the cars, all connected one to another, traveling toward heaven, our destination. Success depends on us, what? Working together, staying connected, on the track, moving by the power of the Holy Spirit, under the guidance of the engineer and the conductor, serving the members, making sure their needs are met. A train is that perfect example of how we should be working as a church in unity. We need that feeling of God's glory filling us. If we stay divided, we without him coming in and filling us, we will always be divided. Without us working in unity, God's glory will not come in and fill the house where we'll enjoy all of the blessings and privileges he has in store for us. Then finally, our last condition is that is required for the glory of God to fill the house is that, it, that things can't be the same. 
You can't expect to say the same and, uh, and, and pray that God's spirit will come and fill the house. He's not coming into an unclean temple. He will not come in unless he come in to convert you. Yes, he'll come into an unclean temple to convert you, but he will not find residence in that unclean temple unless you have some change. So if you expect God's glory to come and fill the house, things cannot remain the same. See, our text says, so the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. See, when the glory of the Lord filled the house, to, the, the priest had to get out of the way. Listen to what he said. This again is pointing to Christ. The old order of priests had to be removed when the veil was rent into the temple. Uh, it, it, and when Christ died on the cross, this meant that we didn't need that order anymore. Things uh, could not be the same as they were before, but our hearts can change for the glory of God to come in. Our lives can't remain the same if we want the glory of God to come into this house. That our lives can't remain. We must invite Christ to come into our hearts, our spiritual house, to begin this transformation of flushing and, and, and that old self out and replacing it with this new self. You know, he said that therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away and all behold, all things have become new. See, things that are based on form, fashion, tradition, and old customs and practices, even like our own likes and dislikes, would have to be done away with. They must be done away with and replaced with this new reformed way of thinking that God wants us to do. The corrupt things of the world can't keep residence in us if we've been replaced by this new reformed you. The corrupt things of the world can't keep residence in us if we want to be filled with the, what? the glory of God. The priest couldn't stand before the glory of God because of what? Of their own sin. So how can they stand representing the intercessor for the people if they were corrupt and sinful themselves? The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 27 and 29, and this word yet once more signifies the removing of those things that were shaken and the things that were made to those things that cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we being receiving of a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby that we may serve God acceptably with the reverence and godly fear, for God is a consuming fire. See, there is going to be a shaking going on, and if you're not grounded in the word of God through Jesus Christ, you all end up in a pit falling by God's consuming fire to be able to purge your mind, body, and soul. See, the glory of God is going to shake this world up one day and remove a whole lot of stuff that, that we thought was important out of the way. Don't even think that this earthquake that shook uh, 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 Mexico this past week was devastating. Wait until God's glory shake this house. You're talking about an earthquake. Our only hope is to be in the kingdom is that cannot be moved. We need to be grounded by the grace of Jesus Christ for his grace, his glory that fills the house cannot remain the same if we want his grace to come in and to be able to have his glory fill our house. You got to go through some transformation 
You got to have that new creation in you. When he told Nicodemus, how can a man enter into the kingdom of God unless he be born again? And, and we just couldn't understand that. But we need to be able to change in our hearts. Having him to come in and change us in order for his glory to come in and fill the house. So as we close this morning, for the glory of God to come into the house, you must be cleansed, sanctified of the things of this world. Unified is one body in Christ and out of his way. Get out of his way so that the old customs and the old traditions won't get confused. When we do this, the glory of God will come in and fill the house and we'll begin to experience the things new and fresh as a believer like we've never experienced before. See, no, so many Christians today are, are, are not living victorious life in Christ because that we haven't experienced the glory of God Filling the house, flushing out those cares of the world. Our relationship with Christ supposed to be something wonderful. Experiencing the wonders of God, of all of his glory. When uh, I look at Christians uh, and myself sometimes in the church today, I see us like that we've eaten some bitter and it disagreed with us. Instead of taking the bread of life and the water of life that gives us life and substance, we're walking around bitter and like something has bothered us. See, that we don't seem to be happy and blessed uh, by serving the Lord and doing what he called us to do. Just maybe we haven't experienced yet that, that feeling of the glory of God. If you've been filled with the glory of God, we see folk act different. We're going to see some folk talk different. We're going to see even ourselves going through the same experience, walking different, working different. You will have a hunger for the word of God more than you have ever had in your life. You'll have more hunger for making you feel the way you feel. And I don't see the hunger myself. In the church, we have people that don't come to Bible study, don't come to Sunday school, but they up in church and thinking that God is going to bless them. But you need to get the word of God in you so that that glory of God can reside inside of you. The feeling of the glory of God resides in his word. His word is the root. Don't tell me you're filled with the glory of God, but you won't read and study his word. God's glory comes in and that way. That's how it gets into us. It comes into those that are his, those that are willing and hungry for his word. 1 Corinthians 3 and 16 and 17. Know ye not that you are what? The temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple are you? And ask your question. When we fail to read and study the word of God, and uh, we are defiling his temple. That's what he says here. It doesn't have to be uh, drinking or smoking or running around with women or running around with men. You shouldn't be doing that. No way. Most Christians are guilty not of eating the bread of life, not drinking from the water of living water freely as God offers it to us, which is what? The word of God. If you would open up the scriptures, you'll begin to feel the flushing out. You'll begin to feel the filling of his spirit inside of us, replacing all of those things, the way we think and the way we do. It'll refill all of that. It'll flush all of that out. And then you'll be able to see his glory working in your life, working in the lives of others that are around you. Not only will God's glory come 
in and fill your house, you can be able to extend that and allow that glory to get into your household, into your family. Your life will never be the same again when God's glory come in and he fills the house. This little saying that said that I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn to humbly obey. I asked him for help that I might do greater things. And I was given an infirmity that I might do better things. I asked him for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked him for power that I might have praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked him for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything that I hoped for among despite myself, almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered, and I am among all men most richly blessed. And when you get filled with the glory of God, you'll see life differently. Things that you used to matter to you won't matter to you anymore. Things that you never used to matter will matter to you again. Things that we never thought about, God will put those things in our heart because that's where he wants our mind hearts to be. Ask God to come in and cleanse, sanctify you by the power of the Spirit and seek to find unity in your service to others and get yourself, your customs, your traditions, all out of the way so God can come in and find residence inside of you. Can God create a finished work in you that was started? Can he do that? But in order for him to do that, you need to be filled with the glory of God and experience the life to the fullest that he has in store for you. Be a living testimony of what can happen when the glory of God come in and fill the house. I know folk gave up on you. They didn't think you will be what you are. But when the glory of God come in and fill the house, God will change you and make you into what he wants you to be. But only when you allow the glory of God to come in and fill the house. When the glory of God come in and fill the house, things will never be the same again. And you will never be the same again. Allow that glory of God to come in. Welcome him into your heart today. Huh? Welcome him in so that you can be able to do the greater works that God said that you would do. He says in John 12, you greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. God has established his kingdom here on earth and his king through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is here to be able to instruct us, to guide us in the way that we should be able to go. Allow this spirit to come in and find residence in your heart. Let, 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 let the glory of God come in so that you can understand your purpose and understand how to uh, develop and to work that purpose out in your own life. When his glory comes in, the fulfillment of everything that God has for you can be fulfilled when his glory come in and fill the house. God bless you. Hope you got some word out here, some encouragement to allow the spirit of God come in. Let his glory fill the house, to empty out, flush out all of the paths of this world so that he can come in and find peace in your heart today. God bless you. May heaven ever smile upon you. If there is one that has not allowed the glory of God to fill his house, he says the only thing you need to do is to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. He said thou shalt be saved. Then you need to go in and ask and pray for God for that allow his word to find a resting place, to find that glory of God resting in you 
so it will guide and direct you in your walk, your talk, and your everyday life. Be ye blessed. God bless you. May heaven ever smile upon you. Let us pray. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this word. And hopefully this word will find a resting place in somebody's heart. We thank you so much for what you've done, what you said, and what your word has done. Lord, we thank you for coming into our heart, filling us, flashing out, refilling us with your spirit, that we might be that which you desire us to be. Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. And we give your name all glory. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. May the grace of our Lord and Savior rest, rule, and abide with us henceforth and forever. Let us all say amen. Be blessed. We'll see you again on uh, Friday evening, if not on Sunday morning, for our Sunday school hour. But we hope to be back on this Friday evening at our Bible Institute hour. But we ask that you would just continue to pray for the body of Christ. Continue to pray for us that we might be witnesses unto him in Judea, Jamaria, even unto the uttermost parts of the world. God bless you. And may heaven ever smile upon you.